Thank you for downloading the Beacon Church podcast. We hope that you enjoy today's message and that you find that God speaks to you through it. particular joy for me to see a particular young man sitting at the back. Um, thrilled to see Anthony back with us. Um, and he's, he's been helping out a bit this morning, but if you, if you see him lifting too much, I, I want to know. I want to know. Um, it's wonderful to see him back. I remember John and I standing next to his bed when he was in intensive care, talking to the nurse who was standing at the bottom of his bed and saying, it's touch and go. And uh, we prayed. We prayed over him. He was, he, he was out for the count. He didn't know. But we prayed. We prayed against the spirit of death. And uh, it's wonderful. Nearly three weeks ago, and he's back. Praise the Lord. So very, very grateful to see him back with us. Okay, we are uh, going to carry on with this short series that we're uh, doing for these next or for the, over this four-week period in looking at the book of Ruth. And uh, as I mentioned to you last week, we've decided we wouldn't do a particular topic in a particular week, so we're not necessarily looking at singleness one week or marriage the next. There's nothing particular that we have against that, but it just seemed to be right with this book to go with the text and to see what it tells us about relationships generally. And so uh, it was encouraging last week. I, I just had a chat with the guys in the office and um, Sheree was saying, oh, it felt to me like it was pretty much geared to singles last week. And I said, oh, I didn't really intend that. And then Jen said, oh, no, no, no. I felt I got some stuff from it. And so, so that was great because that's really what we want. We want the text to speak. And uh, again, the, I want to just start with this verse from Romans that t- says, For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us that through endurance and the encouragement of the scriptures we might have hope. And so we are coming to the word of God, yes, written thousands of years ago, but written for our encouragement and that we might have hope. It is through this word that we grow, that God speaks. And so we must not take it lightly. We must always come to God's word with reverence. On Friday, when we were together, we were just talking about this move to this potential move and disjoin with Trinity, and a sense that actually God looks for purity in his people. And so, when um, Pete read out that psalm, and uh, it was a particular verse that actually we looked at when we were together on Friday in the office the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And sometimes when we come around God's word, there will be a sense of the fear of the Lord. And do you know what? It's the beginning of wisdom. It's the beginning of wisdom. So let's see what the Lord would say to us this morning as we dip into this book of Ruth. Last week, we, we learned that this family had moved from Bethlehem in a, a time of famine uh, to a country called Moab. And Israelites and Moabites were not great friends. They were enemies. Moab, Moab had a, a god that was uh, that described in, earlier in the Bible as an abomination. And these guys had taken themselves out of Bethlehem and taken themselves over to Moab. 
And there's some question about really whether that was the right call on their part, whether they had withdrawn themselves from God's grace by doing that. And we just looked at how that can sometimes be the case with us. Naomi, in this story, in that first chapter, is bitter against God. And she says, God is judging me. Maybe she has come to some sort of sense that maybe all those years back when we made that move, we didn't act in faith. And and maybe God's angry and he's judging and she's bitter about it. But you know what? Sometimes it isn't that God's judging us and it's not that God is necessarily angry. Sometimes it is just that we ourselves, through our own choices, have removed ourselves from a place of grace. And it's possible that if they had stayed within their community, exercising faith, that things would have gone better for for Naomi and her family. But the Lord knows who are his. And we saw how, in a way, as Ruth pursues Naomi, Naomi wants to send her daughter-in-law back to her own people. Naomi's own sons have died. Her husband has died. All she's left with are two daughters-in-law, and neither of them are Israelites. They are Moabites. And she tries to persuade them to both go back to their own mothers and to leave her. She withdraws, and she pushes them away. And for one of those daughters-in-law, we learn that actually there is consequence in that, that as she pushes them away... One daughter-in-law, Orpah, goes back to her people. But the scripture is clear. It doesn't say she just goes back to her people. It says she went back to her people and to her God. There was an implication from what Naomi did when she withdrew and pushed away in her bitterness. There was an implication for somebody else as well as herself. And she very nearly, we learn, missed out on the grace that was right in front of her nose as once again she tries to push Ruth away as well. Again, twice she tries to get her to go. And then we see this lovely picture, which is reminiscent of the Lord Jesus pursuing us, where Ruth says, I'm not going. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if I leave you. And she clings on to Naomi, and she won't go. And it's this wonderful picture of even when you and I feel like pushing the Lord away, He holds on to us. He is relentless. He pursues us. And so we finish that part of the story with them returning to Bethlehem, which is where Naomi had originally come from, and and telling the people how bitter she is. And so that's the part of the story where we pick up in chapter 2. And so we now turn to Ruth chapter 2, and I'm going to read the whole of that chapter for us. Now, Naomi had a relative on her husband's side from the clan of Elimelech, a man of standing whose name was Boaz. And Ruth the Moabitess said to Naomi, let me go to the fields and pick up the leftover grain behind anyone in whose eyes I find favor. Naomi said to her, go ahead, my daughter. So she went out and began to glean in the fields behind the harvesters. As it turned out, she found herself working in a field belonging to Boaz, who was from the clan of Elimelech. Just then, Boaz arrived from Bethlehem, and he greeted the harvesters. The Lord be with you. The Lord bless you, they called back. Boaz asked the foreman of his harvesters, whose young woman is that? The foreman replied, she is the Moabitess who came back from Moab with Naomi. 
Uh, she said, please let me glean and gather among the sheaves behind the harvesters. She went into the field and has worked steadily from morning till now, except for a short rest in the shelter. So Boaz said to Ruth, my daughter, listen to me. Don't go and glean in another field and don't go away from here. Stay here with my servant girls. Watch the field where the men are harvesting and follow along after the girls. I have told the men not to touch you. And whenever you are thirsty, go and get a drink from the water jars the men have filled. At this, she bowed down with her face to the ground. She exclaimed, Why have I found such favor in your eyes that you notice me, a foreigner? Boaz replied, I've been told all about what you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband, how you left your father and mother and your homeland and came to live with a people who you did not know before. May the Lord repay you for what you've done. May you be richly rewarded by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. Oh, may I continue to find favour in your eyes, my Lord, she said. You've given me comfort and have spoken kindly to your servant, though I do not have the standing of one of your servant girls. At mealtime, Boaz said to her, Come over here, have some bread and dip it in the wine vinegar. When she sat down with the harvesters, he offered her some roasted corn and she ate all she wanted and had some left over. As she got up to glean, Boaz gave orders to his men. Even if she gathers amongst the sheaves, don't embarrass her. It's lovely, isn't it? Rather, pull out some stalks for her from the bundle and leave them for her to pick up and don't rebuke her. So Ruth gleaned in the field until evening. Then she gathered the barley, threshed the barley she'd gathered, and it amounted to about an ephah. She carried it back to town, and her mother-in-law saw how much she had gathered. Ruth also bought out and gave her what she had left over after she had eaten enough. Her mother-in-law asked her, Where did you glean today? Where did you work? Blessed be the man who took notice of you. Then Ruth told her mother-in-law about the one at whose place she'd been working. The name of the man I work with today is Boaz, she said. The Lord bless him, Naomi said to her daughter-in-law. The Lord does not stop showing kindness to the living and the dead. She added, that man is our close relative. He is one of our kinsmen redeemers. Then Ruth the Moabitess said, he even said to me, stay with my workers until they finish harvesting all my grain. Naomi said to Ruth, her daughter-in-law, it will be good for you, my daughter, to go with his girls because in someone else's fields you might be harassed and harmed. So Ruth stayed close to the servant girls of Boaz to glean until the barley and wheat harvests were finished and she lived with her mother-in-law. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your wonderful presence with us We thank you for your precious word. We thank you that you still speak. We thank you that you have prepared our hearts to listen by coming with your Holy Spirit. And we ask now that we would not just be hearers of the word, but doers also. In Jesus' name, amen. I just find this a beautiful, beautiful story. It's a beautiful love story, really. We don't know what happens next, or if you know your Bible, you know a little bit about what happens next, with this unfolding story. 
And uh, it's, you know, it feels like it's an example to us. It's so very, very different to how the world operates. But in this picture, we get a wonderful picture of, if you like, a relationship that begins to emerge with deep integrity, with huge honour and respect. And neither of these two individuals at the moment know where this relationship is going. We're like, the, we're, we're like getting this little, um, you know, this little peep into their world before they even know what's happening. But the way they are going about it is with such honour. And uh, so it's a lovely, lovely picture. And there's a few things that I just want to pull out for us today. And first of all, I guess just to start really with um, the beginning of the chapter where we see that Ruth has made those sacrifices that we know about. She could have gone back to her own mother. Had she done that, her mother would have found her a new husband. And yet there is this sense of family loyalty that she has to Naomi where she rejects that option where she could have gone back and she could have found a husband, but there were two things that it seems to me that stopped her doing that. The first was a sense of, I, I, I don't want to go back to those gods. I've found the God of Israel. I've found the one true God. He has a claim on me that's greater. And then also this huge sense of family loyalty that she seems to have to Naomi. And she's not naturally related to her. She's her mother-in-law. And yet, clearly, because both the sons are dead, Ruth feels this huge sense of loyalty to Naomi. And I think we have a model here in terms of loyalty to family, uh, even when things are difficult. At this moment in time, we learned last week that Naomi was not an easy person to be with. She was bitter. She was angry. She was pushing away. There's no sense of gratitude in her heart when Ruth says, I'm going to stay with you. As we learnt last week, all the Bible says is that after she realised that she couldn't persuade her to go back, Naomi stopped trying. It doesn't say she was grateful. And indeed, as we move into this, first chap- this next chapter, we see that when, Na- when Ruth says to Naomi, I'm, I'm thinking of going and gleaning in the fields, she says to her, well, you know, go. Yeah, it's fine. Go and do it. Something happens to Naomi during the course of this chapter because actually towards the end, I don't know if you noticed, but towards the end of the chapter, Naomi is saying, uh, oh, oh, it's good that you go with that, with that, with, with Boaz. It's good that you do that because you'll be protected if you stay with his girls. Something is happening in her too. She doesn't really seem to care much about that at the beginning of that chapter. She just says, yeah, no, fine. If you want to go and glean, go and glean. She's still... She's still bitter. She's still bereaved. She's still grieving. But something begins to happen during this chapter, even to Naomi. Do you know that is an encouragement to us if we have challenging family circumstances? If you have parents or relatives who you know, it's just just so difficult, God. I I would, do you know what? I'd rather run a mile. I'd, I'd rather cut that one off. I'd rather restrict it to birthdays and Christmas if I possibly can. And if it's all right, I'd quite like to cut those out too. But here's an encouragement for us. God loves it when we stick loyally with our families, even when it is really, really difficult. Now, of course, sometimes there are relationships that are abusive and those have to be dealt with in a slightly different way. But if just when people are being difficult, 
and angry and bitter and awkward. And the temptation for us is to hold them at arm's length. We have an encouragement here in the Bible. You remember that verse from Romans? The Bible is here to give us hope. This is not to weigh us down with, oh, okay, here's the duty I've got. I know I've got to go and do it because God expects me to do it. No, no, no. There's a sense of hope here. Do you know it would have been really difficult for Ruth in that alien land where she knew nobody and none of the culture where we read that she says, I'm, the lo- I'm not even like one of your servants. She recognises it. She's the bottom of the heap. She's at the bottom of the heap with an, with an old woman who's bitter and a bit cantankerous and doesn't even seem to value that she's got her around. And yet, and yet, we see that God is going to honour this woman because she's done that. If you, are, if you have family and it's really difficult with them, let me encourage you. Hold on. Hold on. Be loyal. Keep pushing through. Do you have people who you know that it would be good to reconcile with? Do it. The Lord honours it. I wonder, you know, if, if Ruth probably felt that all of that was hidden for a while. She went and she went to the harvest field. She stood right at the back of the field. Naomi is in no fit state to look after herself. She's not going out and trying to find to make ends meet. It's all down to Ruth. And I think sometimes Ruth probably just felt really hidden away. Do you know, when we're doing the right thing in relationships that are difficult, it can feel like we're hidden. Does anybody notice this? Does God notice this? I'm faithfully doing this day after day, or I'm pursuing this relationship, and all I seem to get back is rebuttal. And yet I just know in my heart there's a sense that the Lord says I should do it. But, but does he see it? Does anybody see it? And I think there was a sense where perhaps Ruth felt hidden in this. But what we find here is that God does see it. That God does see it. Boaz is described as the kinsman redeemer. And a kinsman redeemer in those days was somebody who was a relative in your family who, if your nearest and dearest died particularly if you were a woman, if you were a widow, it was their responsibility to make provision for you. In fact, if, if, you, were, if, it was, if, they, if you were a bit younger, and, if, for example, if it was your, brother's, your, your brother who died and he'd got a wife, well, it was your responsibility to then take that person as your wife and carry on your brother's line through her. And so, but, but, but primarily it was about providing. It was about providing for, for those uh, in your family. And, and Boaz is described as this kinsman redeemer. And it's this lovely picture of the Lord providing. The Lord providing for Naomi. The Lord providing for Ruth. It wasn't hidden. The Lord saw it and he rewarded. I don't know how you feel about reward. There's a there's a prayer that's quite often prayed in, in, in probably more traditional, formal churches. Uh, and it's a prayer of a guy called Ignatius. And it, and it talks about um, our only reward is knowing that we're serving you. And, you know, I really liked this prayer. 
Our only reward is knowing God that we're so serving you. And I quite liked it. And then I heard Terry Virgo speak, and he was talking about, and he mentioned this prayer, and he said, you know what, I don't think that's biblical. That our only reward should be that we know, know that we're serving you. Um, you know, sometimes there is a sense of that. It is lovely to know we're serving the Lord. But actually, the Bible talks about reward all the time. It does. Jesus says, to his, when he's talking about prayer and he's talking about giving, he says, oh, what you do in secret, your Father will see it and he'll reward you. He'll reward you. The Bible says the, the Lord rewards those who diligently seek him. Do you know what? The Bible is full of promises of reward. This picture tells us that, that, that Ruth is going to be rewarded for what she does, for sticking with this relationship, for being faithful and for operating with integrity and not just trying to find her own solution which will take her outside of the will of God. The Bible tells us she's going to get reward. Do you know what? There is reward for you. There is reward for you when you operate with integrity in your relationships. When you are faithful to your family, even even though it is painful and you are rebutted. God promises reward. Now, what we don't always know is what that reward is. That's his domain. Have you ever done the negotiating thing with God? You know, let's, God, we'll just, can we strike a deal? If I stick with this relative who's really awkward, would you find me just this wonderful, beautiful wife at the end of it? When they kick the bucket, find me somebody. You know, we can't negotiate with God like that. We can't do deals with the Lord. And here's why you don't want to do a deal with the Lord. Because his reward will always be much better than what you've got in your head anyway. Always. He'll never be outdone by you, ever. There's this lovely verse that um, Pete and Lucy asked me to speak on at their wedding, and uh, it's just one of this wonderful verse in the Bible, one of the the greatest ones about, you know, the Lord will do it exceedingly abundantly beyond what you can ask or think. When you are struggling with a relationship you know is difficult, a friendship that you just feel, do you know what, I would just like to cut that off, but I know in my spirit I have to pursue it. That family member who just is so awkward and difficult, but, but I know I must go back again. Even those moments within our relationships with our real nearest and dearest, if you're married, those moments when you think, do you know what, I, I, I would just actually quite like to, to go away for a weekend now, at this moment, go to another room, Another country, that was sense of wanting to withdraw, but, the, but you know. No, 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 I've got, to, I've got to eat humble pie. I've got to humble myself here. Do you know what? Every time you do that, the Lord notices. And he rewards. And he, and he, can, and he builds up this treasure trove for you. It might not be the way you expect it. Let me tell you this, it'll be better it will be better. When you're facing those challenging relationships, you can expect that he will reward you. So hold on. Persevere. Through the endurance and encouragement of the scriptures, you've got hope that God notices what you do in secret. Uh, We were talking on Friday, and uh, John was talking about a a sermon that he'd heard uh, in Bedford where the guy had said... (coughs) 
the bad news is that God sees everything. And the good news is that God sees everything. You know, actually, when I thought about it afterwards, I thought, oh, no, actually, it's all good, good news that God sees everything. Because even when he sees the stuff that I'd rather he didn't see, actually, it's probably better for me that he sees it. Because then he will lovingly discipline me because he loves me and he don't want me to be in that anymore. So actually, it's all a good thing that God sees everything. Nothing is hidden from the gaze of him to whom we must give account. And that's a good thing because he disciplines those he loves. So even when he sees stuff in us that's not that great, do you know what? He is such a loving father that it's still a good thing. It's still a good thing. Ruth stands in the gap for Naomi and God sees it. And then I just love this little bit where it says in verse 3, as it turned out, Ruth found herself working in a field belonging to Boaz. Isn't that just lovely? God is orchestrating in this. Ruth is faithful. Ruth is diligent. Ruth does the day-to-day. Ruth seeks to honour God, even though she has no idea where this will end up. And it seems to be taking her in the opposite direction to to what her heart probably longs for, which is another husband. And she's hidden with an old woman who's miserable, And she's at the back of a field gleaning. And it's all hidden. But because she's doing what what God wants and she's honouring God, God is at work in the background. Engineering things. You know, that's what he does. When you are faithful, he will be engineering things. I was just so, so thrilled for Josh when I had a text from him this week about a job that he's got. Well done, Josh. We're proud of you. But do you know what? He, he faithfully hung on when it looked like it wasn't going to come through. The first disappointment. And what do I see him doing at our weekend away? I see him with his wife praying. They're not, they're not looking through Jobs Go Public or, or, or the Jobs page of The Guardian. Not that I'm saying there's anything wrong with that. But the first thing they're doing is they're praying. They're praying and they're remaining faithful. And then we get a text this week that says, I got it, I got it, it's wonderful. When we remain faithful to him, he works on our behalf. Listen to this wonderful verse from Isaiah 64. Since ancient times no one has heard, no ear has perceived, no eye has seen any God besides you who acts on behalf of those who wait for him. Isn't that lovely? When you are going about your day-to-day, changing that nappy yet again, pursuing that friendship that you just is so difficult, ringing your mum again when you know she's going to be on on your case about something, but you just know it's the right thing to do. When you are doing that, God is acting on your behalf. And it's quite often through the day-to-day. And I think probably most of us here who are Christians will identify in our own lives when God has done that. When you've just met somebody by chance and it's turned out to become one of the most significant friendships that you've you've got in life. 
but we were just standing at a shop counter and got into conversation, or we just we were on the tube, and just amazing, just such a coincidence. No, <laughs> God is acting on your behalf. We are covered by grace, brothers and sisters. But when we are being faithful and obedient to him, we are in a better position for him to work on our behalf. When we take ourselves out of that by disobedience, he still loves us, he still pursues us, he still has grace for us, we will still go to heaven, but we remove ourselves sometimes from his ability to work on our behalf. When you are faithful even when it is just gleaning at the back of the field and knowing that you'll be going home to a miserable old bag. But that's what you feel God's saying you should do. God is acting on your behalf. God acts on our behalf. And the other thing, and this I'll finish with this bit, and this one should make us pause for thought God's eternal purposes are caught up in our relationships. Really? Really? This penniless widow and her Moabite daughter-in-law were the predecessors to King David, who was the predecessor to Jesus Christ. We will learn that in the last chapter which I'm sure Emma will unpack for us beautifully in a couple of weeks' time. Do you know there was eternal significance in this relationship? In these unfolding relationships, God's purposes were involved. Because these people were prepared to cooperate with him, to live God-honoring lives, eternal purposes were fulfilled. Now, This is the sobering thing. God will bring about his purposes one way or another. Would you like to be part of it or not? That's really the question. Do I want to be part of this, of what he's doing? Because there is always the possibility that he will pass us over. We are coming to a moment ourselves of significance as a church. Many of us feel the weight of it. Really? What, this little group? And you're just going to go and join another little group in a ramshackle old building? Get over yourselves. But no, we feel there's something significant in this. And yet, do you know what? As I've thought this week and prayed, as I've prepared this, as I've read other scriptures for my own devotion, I have become aware of the fear of the Lord that actually the success of what he might bring about through the joining of these two churches, the bringing about of his purposes in this part of London that we would love to be a part of, are directly correlated to how we live our individual lives before him. It's not just to do with how good Owen will be at strategy. It's not how quickly we can get the building decorated. It's not whether we can manage to get a little bit of better lighting in so that it looks better when you walk in. What it's directly correlated to, though, is the state of your and my heart before the Lord and in our relationships. It is. Do we want to be part of what he's doing or not? 
because his will will be achieved and accomplished. And there is this wonderful opportunity that he gives to all of us to be part of what he's doing. It's wonderful. It's the one thing when you get to heaven that you're here a good well done for. And this life is so short, brothers and sisters, and we forget it so easily. It is so short. That goes on forever. This is like the introductory page. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to sit up there and think, if only. (laughs) If only. Relationships here have an eternal consequence. And these guys, Boaz and Ruth, are obedient and humble and honouring in what they do. And God is at work behind the scenes, not only to bring vast blessing and happiness and joy to them, and actually to Naomi too, as we'll see at the end of the story, but also to bring about his eternal purposes and plans for the salvation of the world. And he has still has eternal plans for the salvation of the world. And we can be part of it. Or we can allow it to pass over our heads and go to somebody else. Let me encourage you. Let me encourage you when you are battling to maintain your integrity in that workplace relationship where you know you could just manipulate something there. Stay faithful. Let me encourage you. If you're single and love to be, would love to be married and you know you could probably make something happen, but you're not sure that that person is really has, has a heart that's devoted to the Lord, don't go that way. Don't go that way. If you're in the middle of a family relationship that's just really difficult and everything in you wants to escape, and yet you sense that God is saying, I'm with you in this, be faithful. Be faithful. Stick with it. Because everything that was written in the past was written to teach us that through endurance and the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. Let's pray. (coughs) Father, we thank you for Uh, this beautiful book, really, that just shows us so much about faithfulness in relationships, about integrity, about honouring, and how much you love it. And Lord, we recognise that it is not the way the world operates. And we confess to you, Lord, that sometimes the world seeps into us, and we can accept the world's view of things, and yet it says in your word, that if we are friends with the world, we are enemies of God. So we pray, Lord, that through the reading of your word and through your application of it to our lives, we will honour you in what we do. We will look to you for our reward, Lord, knowing that you always have what is best for us and it is exceedingly above and beyond all that we could ask or think. So we ask, O God, that you'd be with us this coming week. You'll be with us in any decisions that we have to make, any confessions that we need to make, anyone 
we need to go and make up with. You'll be with us in that. And we thank you that we can rely on your reward and that ultimately being part of your plans and purposes is probably the greatest reward that we could ever have to be able that day to stand before you and to hear you say, well done, good and faithful servant. So be with us this coming week, oh God, we pray. We pray again, especially that you will be uh, with Owen and John as they meet these guys on Tuesday. We pray for your kingdom to come and your will to be done. And uh, we ask, our oh God, that you'll be with us, your, your church, your people. And uh, all the people said, Amen. God bless you. You have just listened to a Beacon Church recording. If you would like more information about us, our vision, the team, or upcoming events, please visit our website, which is beacon-church.org. You can email us at office at beacon-church.com or find us socially on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. You are welcome to share this recording as you wish, but please do not make any edits without express consent. Thank you.